What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 58 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Thursday, August 12th. I uh, hope you guys are all uh, having a nice end to your week, uh, almost to Friday, almost to the start of school for some of uh, you high schoolers. I know our, I know at least my sister and the high school I went to starting next week. Uh, you know, it's a couple more weeks of summer left for, you know, people in my boat for uh, Cal State's, UC's. Uh, so summer's coming to an end. Uh, went by very fast. Uh, lots of memories, lots of uh, fun times, lots of um, different things that I got to do that, that I'll definitely be thankful for. But um, I'm honestly ready to go back to school. I'm honestly ready to uh, get the year going and, uh, you know, kind of uh, get back on track with, um, you know, finishing this degree. It's uh, pretty crazy to think that I only have a year left, but, um, you know, it's it's a year. That's all I have left, and uh, hopefully I can get into some of these master's programs that I've, I've been applying to. Um, but as of right now, uh, who knows what uh, next year will bring, but all I can do is, is just approach this year and, and take it for what it is as my last year um, possibly as a student. So very excited for that. Very excited to, um, you know, just get that going and, uh, you know, just, uh, just kind of have a little, a uh, bit of a farewell to CSUN. It's, it's treated me right. Uh, it's, it's allowed me to grow a lot. Um, I was, I am 1000% not the same person that I was coming into CSUN, uh, as a freshman, 18 year old freshman, um, and I'm very thankful for that. You know, I've gotten to grow a lot um, in very good ways. I've gotten to experience a lot of things because of CSUN. I've gotten to uh, just see and, and uh, you know, really get to, uh, what's it called, explore different avenues that I, I would have never expected to. Um, and, and I've learned to love, really. I've learned that, you know, it was, it was always going to be a part of me. Uh, at the end of the deal, at, at the end of the deal, at the end of the at the end of the day. So, excuse me. Very excited to get this year going, and um, I could not, uh, you know, d- you know, don't really have don't really have much else to say on that regard. But like I said, I hope you guys are all having a great week, uh, and I have been very excited uh, for this episode as we are finally, 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 finally back to football season. Um, I think it really hit me when I watched the first episode of Hard Knots last night uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. If you guys have HBO Mats, I highly recommend you watch Hard Knots. If you never have, it's a, it's a you know very interesting perspective on, you know you 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 just get you get first access you know direct access to a training camp and. Uh, what it's like uh, day on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you know, you get to learn and uh, get to meet some of the players, um, you know, in the organization that it's following. And then, you you know, you kind of, uh, you know, get to get to uh, meet these people and and see how they, they've grown up. Some of them, you know, they go in depth. They, they like, kind of tell their stories. And then you kind of see how the cutting process worked when it comes to dwindling that roster down from a 90 man preseason roster to 53 uh and and kind of just how that whole thing goes uh which is always the hardest and toughest part uh for any gm any head coach in the nfl and you know getting a you know a a unique 
access to it through Hard Knocks. I've always loved. I've always uh, been a fan of the show, regardless of you know which team is on. It, it's always good. It's always it's always very interesting and entertaining. Uh, this year, like I said, is the Dallas Cowboys. So a lot of uh, Various storylines that were brought up uh, in that first episode. I really liked the start. I really liked how it was just Dad Prescott talking about how he is so hungry for this season. How he, um, you know, just talking about his injury. Talking about how much he's been able to learn and grow over the past year. Uh, I mean, if, if a lot of you, um, you know, who do follow football know that outside of Dad's injury, I mean, he had a really tough year, man. That man lost his brother. Uh, he had to deal with, you know, losing um, football, uh, you know, an outlet for him. Um, you know, that's it's it's uh, it's a tough it's a, it's a tough one to swallow when, uh, you know, the one thing that, you know, uh, you as an athlete have uh, to kind of escape from everything is that football field, that basketball court, whatever it may be. And and for that to take get taken away from you um, around the same time, I believe his brother, um, unfortunately, uh, committed suicide in, in I want to say November um, of last year. I, I couldn't remember what he had said, um, but it was around the same time. And then he also had come out uh, prior to the season and really talked about his mental health and how he was struggling with it for a while. Um, so I, I, I mean, Dad Prescott, uh, one of those guys that have just gone through a lot in the past year or so. I mean, I know a lot of us have, but. Um, you know, some guy that, you know, everybody's not a, you know, the, the franchise quarterback to the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, he's, he's in the, the, the limelight as much as Dak Prescott. So definitely was, I really liked the intro. I really liked how he just talked about all of this adversity that he's been able, uh, to have to, you know, really face and, um, how it's only made him a better person at the end of the day due to, uh, the support system around him and his family being uh, there for him, I, I thought that was great. And then uh, getting into it, it it's the you know it's, it's just like hard knots. You know, you you, you get into it, you, you like watch their, what it's like you're you're watching the training camp, getting to know some of the players. It's it's unique. You know, I I've never, I've never been a huge fan of the Dallas Cowboys, um, but I feel like this show, at least, especially the first episode, gave me a different perspective. It, it's nice to uh, see some of these guys talk off off the field, you know, um, on camera, kind of in different environments uh, than, you you know, you would expect them or have seen them in, you know, in a home environment, around their family, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, for for the most part, Hard Knocks normally starts that first, that first episode with, you know, introductions, uh, players arriving to training camp, um, you know, kind of uh, getting a feel for uh, the team and, and everybody around it. But this year, they honestly jumped right into it. They, 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 were hit, they hit the fields like 10, 15 minutes into the episode, which like very, very rarely ever happens in my opinion. If they're hitting the field, it's just a practice field, but um, that's it. Like maybe like one or two practices, but they, I mean, it was a lot of practice clips, a lot of, um, you know, that type of um, footage instead of uh, kind of getting to know the players. I'm sure that there'll be uh, maybe there'll be more of that in the episodes to come. But I really liked how it just got off uh, to a fast start, went right into training camp. 
Uh, and they even showed, they even already went through the uh, Hall of Fame game. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers were the uh, first two teams to play um, a game this year, and that was the Hall of Fame uh, preseason game, which is the first preseason game of the year. And uh, they already showed that as well. So I thought that was honestly pretty interesting uh, that they've already gone that far um, into, uh, you know, where we're at now i mean they're it's i mean they're basically shooting this somewhat live but somewhat uh you know they're trying to i, I kind of like that how they're trying to keep it as as evenly paced to you know where we're at in real life i think it gives us more of a you know a personal personal feel to the show you know especially when uh in that first episode you saw dak uh unfortunately in that second practice hurt his forearm uh, and he wasn't able to throw for like a week. And we were seeing that in the, in the news and stuff. And we are just like, you know, is Dak going to be hurt again? Is, is this man going to have to sit out for more time? But ha already seeing that in the first episode, it, it kind of made it more personable. It made it more, you know, you're getting more behind the scenes look, as like I said. Uh, so, yeah, definitely highly recommend watching Hard Knots. But very excited to start talking about football. Um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, so much stuff happened in the offseason that I want to get into and, um, you know, things that will be crucial and big headlines going into this year. Um, you know, things that uh, could change the cultures of, of various franchises for the years to come and, uh, you know, already changing the cultures now, you know, with some drama and, and some, uh, you know, various, uh, you know, Whatever the, whatever the case may be with different franchises and contracts, relationships, uh, yada, yada, yada. So very, very excited um, to get into this. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into it. Let's start with the big memo that kind of started it all uh, in the offseason. It was about a month ago, I want to say, this, this uh, memo came out right before training camps began. And that was the NFL informing teams that if a game cannot be rescheduled during this 18-week season uh, due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will have to forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seeding. So that was a huge memo that came out. Um, you know, there's been, I mean, of course, the, the huge debate in our country right now is VATS versus anti-VATS and it being a personal decision, a personal choice. Um, and for the NFL to kind of make a stand uh, from the get-go on, on what they thought, you know, you know what, what the procedures would be if, if this were to um, happen. I mean, last year we saw plenty of reschedulings. Uh, for games due to COVID, due to outbreaks within different organizations, uh, and that led to some some Tuesday games, some Wednesday games, uh, some doubleheader Thursday night and Monday night games. Uh, so the NFL coming out and straight up saying that if it that uh, if a game cannot be rescheduled, then that team who did catch COVID and uh, well due to unvaccinated players. Um, that team will have to be credited with a forfeit. Uh, and they also sent out uh, the disciplinary action that will um, occur for um, unvaccinated players uh, who refuse to wear a tracking device for COVID is uh, $14,650 or 
um, a person who refuses to submit the required virus testing would be $50,000. So NFL coming out very strong, very fast. And like I said, this was this was a this was a few weeks prior to training camp. This was, you know, starting the year off with a fucking bang, if you ask me, as there was a ripple effect of coaches and players who responded, um, a few coaches uh, deciding to completely opt out slash kind of get fired slash I don't even know, you know, who knows. Uh, what the real deal was, but one of, some of these coaches that were involved in this unvaccination, not wanting to be a part of it, uh, you know, group uh, was Patriots offensive line coach Cole Popovich, as uh, announced he wouldn't be with the team due to the decision related to the COVID-19 and the NFL's protocols. Uh, the Vikings offensive line coach Rick Denenshin uh, also left the team. After he refused the vaccination, uh, and then you saw, you know, arguably the best receiver in football in a deleted tweet questioning his future, uh, DeAndre Hopkins saying, I never thought I would say this, but being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. Why is this? Why was this one more important than two offensive line coach? I mean, the highest paid receivers in the NFL on a per year basis. You have DeAndre Hopkins at $27.25 million this year. And in second, you have Julio Jones at $22 million. That 24% higher rate than Julio Jones is the largest gap at any position. Um, from that first place guy to the second place guy. And I mean, following it's just Keenan with 20, Amari with 20, and Michael Thomas at 19. So DeAndre Hawkins making $27 million and Julio Jones only at 22. This gap alone shows, you know, just the status slash where DeAndre Hopkins is at when it comes to his job and uh, you know, the money that he's been able to earn for himself because of the play that he's been able to do on the fields. Um, and now, let alone him possibly uh, sitting out because of this personal decision, it would be huge. You know, there hasn't been much news following this deleted tweet, uh, following, um, you know, this uh, possible claim of maybe having to sit out due to his personal decision. But that's something that's a storyline that'll be interesting. Um you know, DeAndre Hopkins is, is arguably the best receiver in the league. And, and like I said, the money speaks for itself. This man, on a day-in, day-in basis, uh, shows why he deserves that money, why he's one of the best players in the league. Um, and for him to possibly uh, sit out this season or uh, consider retirement um, due to uh, what's it called due to you know something that isn't even an injury or or anything it's due to this vaccination policy it, it's gonna it's gonna raise some heads uh, when it comes to the NFL and and what they what they end up deciding to do if more people end up doing this I, this this claim happened a few weeks ago um, and there hasn't like I said been much news after this and there hasn't really been other players to a DeAndre do a DeAndre Hopkins type of type of um, caliber who has come out and, and said something like this. So I don't think that, that there will be much that is brought out of it, but it'll be interesting to see 
uh, if more coaches and players do opt out of the season uh, for not wanting to hurt their team due to their personal decision of not wanting to get the vaccine. But, um, I mean, that's that's the biggest memo, in my opinion. Uh, this season is going to be a lot. Uh, I think the big focus on this season will have to do with this memo. And, uh, you know, I, I would not be surprised in the slightest if week one, we literally see something happening in regards to this memo, um, whether that be, you know, an outbreak, whether that be somebody not submitting their tracking device, we'll see. You know, it's, it, it's interesting, but it's good to see the NFL, you know, putting their foot down, really just stating from the forefront what their, what their plans are for the, fu for the future of this season. Um, and, and what uh, the policies are going to be, because if they don't do that, then, you know, who knows how this season will go. So I pers I'm glad that the NFL came out and just stated what they're going to do in regards to this entire thing, because that's what everybody needs. Everybody needs transparency with, uh, you know, what the higher ups are expecting. And if you don't like it, then, you know, that's that's what that's your decision to make. That's your, uh, you know, career or uh you know job that you have to be willing to let go of you know if, if you're not in line with those uh particular particular uh thoughts with the memo um so yeah it'll be interesting but uh moving on from the whole covid uh vaccination anti-vaccination into other big topic uh news going into the season of course let's get into some of the quarterback news um, I mean, there's always there's always some uh, controversy with with uh, different quarterbacks going into any season, but I I think the number one spot uh, for this year has got to go to Aaron Rodgers. Of course, this entire off season has been back and forth with Green Bay. Uh, he's very he's he stayed out of the press for the most part, um, except for when he had the match and. Uh, was talking to Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady giving him a hard time, him kind of speaking on it a little bit. Uh, but besides that, both sides not really saying much, um, you know, kind of uh, going back and forth with subtle jabs. But, of course, this uh, the, big, the first big news, I want to say, that really started um, to get both sides talking uh, was when there was a report that Aaron Rodgers actually turned down a two-year extension that would have made him the highest-paid football player in the league. Um, and uh, this was first, of course, reported by Adam Schefter, and he said that they offered him a chance to become the highest-paid player not only in the league but in league history, and that's not what he wanted. And, of course, wh why would he? You know, this man has literally said on multiple occasions now that the problem is within the organization. It's not the money. It's not, uh, you know, he thinks that he should be getting, like, he doesn't need to get more playing time. It's not about the money. Like, what else What else is there to it? You know, there's been countless veterans, countless, uh, you know, players that Aaron Rodgers was close to, Aaron Rodgers might have had a good relationship with, uh, who all of a sudden was not in Green Bay anymore. And I feel like this, grew this i feel like this this animosity and this uh kind of like anger more so towards the packers organization for for not really listening to him this guy who has been their quarterback for such a long time uh on little stuff you know it's not 
anything uh, disrespectful. It, it's simply, you know, I'm the starting quarterback. You know, you guys, if you want my advice, you guys should want my advice on, on little things uh, when it has to come to, you know, players, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to guys that are good fits in the locker room, regardless of, you know, what their contracts are looking like. You know, guys that you should put at the forefront to to uh, make sure to make sure um, at the end of the day uh, this team's chemistry isn't destroyed. Uh, you know, of course, Aaron Rodgers was uh, is now an NBA champion as he did win uh, his his uh, NBA chip with the butts this offseason. Um, so he he had other stuff uh, that he could celebrate. Uh, but when it came down to football, there there wasn't much. I mean, this 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 uh, rumor was these rumors were going on and on throughout the offseason. And to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, a guy who has been in your organization for 16 years now, I believe, uh, who's been your starter for many years, led you to your last Super Bowls, won multiple MVPs, literally won the MVP last fucking season. Um, for him to kind of be in the spotlight due to you know him turning down a deal, uh, and then his, um, you know, the the rumors start about is it not about the money and all this shit. It's like, it's I, I just feel like it it was it was obvious from the jump few years ago that it wasn't about the money i feel like there has been you know of course on the field the packers have lost two nfc championship games in a row uh like bat in bats about seasons i think four in a row total i think aaron Rodgers is now like one in four in the nfc championship games uh they haven't been back to the super bowl in 10 years uh they, they've They've continued to make the playoffs, but they haven't been as consistent as they probably hoped to be after they won that initial one. Um, but for for Aaron Rodgers, somebody that has been as consistent as he has and, uh, you know, played to the level that he's had over the course of his career, for anything to be questioned about this man's loyalty, this man's uh, demeanor to win, anything in that regard, I think was just a bunch of bullshit. Uh, because from the jump, like I said, this was not about the money. This man simply was just trying to prove a point and just say that, like, look, this I, I'm your guys' quarterback. I see a lot of things that you guys don't see, and all I want to do is input that to you so we can kind of be more on the same page because when you guys just – you know, release this one guy, trade this other guy, and those two guys were key parts of our last year, uh, last year's run, you know, the locker room isn't the same. It's not about the money sometimes. It's about keeping those guys around because they're the ones that are leading the charge. They're the ones that players are responding to. And I think that was definitely his main point when he had uh, his first interview uh, at trading camp, as of course, uh, this man had to speak to the, the media. Uh, that's his obligation. And I felt like this was one of the uh, best responses to an entire offseason full of allegations you'd see. Uh, this man came with receipts. This man came with a ton, a ton of receipts. Proved that all of his actions were 100% justified. Uh, he was very well spoken throughout. Uh, you know, he was you know talking about how he was definitely 
considering retirement for a little while, but uh, ultimately, like I just said, it was coming down to him wanting to help the organization learn from some of the mistakes that have happened in the past that you know, possibly could have costed them a championship or two, possibly could have, you know, helped them in those in those runs when they were in those NFC Championship games, and, and they lose some of those heartbreaking games, you know. Um, you know, that's, that's just the way he wanted to be treated. Uh, you know, he also had stated that Green Bay isn't the best uh, vacation destination, uh, and people at the end of the day are coming to play with Aaron Rodgers. They're coming to play with a quarterback of his talent and his capabilities. Uh, and, and you know, to play with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and knowing that they can win a championship, uh, that, that takes some pitching with from the guy himself, from Aaron Rodgers, from the organization. And, um, you know, this, is, this was the main message from Aaron Rodgers in this interview, and I believe... Uh, you know, I, I just hope that it, it got presented uh, to everybody in that way because that's exactly how I perceived it, and I feel like that's the best way too. I don't want to be you know condescending if you don't if you didn't take it that way, but it's more so the fact that this man has been your starting quarterback for so long, and all he is asking for is a little bit of respect, a little bit of respect, literally the slight bit of respect. You guys have continued to draft fucking awfully. You guys draft, I mean, has nothing to do with Jordan Love, but instead of getting him more, instead of getting him something, you get you draft Jordan Love. Uh, there have been multiple first-round offensive choices, not really, I mean, not, not offensive, defensive choices uh, throughout the past several years um, in, in regards to giving getting Aaron Rodgers more help. Of course, this man has Devontae Adams, uh, but... Getting him that star number two stud, uh, Jamal Adams is is ridiculous. Uh, don't it, I mean? And uh, what's it called? There's there's no doubt that he's gonna have a spectacular year this year. But I think it's just a thing that has happened for multiple years now, and it's all built up. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers had to unfortunately go on the record and basically explain himself I thought was pretty fucking ridiculous. I think that it's all there if you find it. it. You can see clearly the way the Packers organization has kind of shunned him in a way, kind of just been like, no, like you're the quarterback. You don't really know what our job is. Um, and instead, it, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, it can just be more of a team effort it can be like you know what are you hearing in the locker room what what are you uh seeing from the guys you know what are they saying about some of these acquisitions or possible moves you know what are guys that you want to bring in it doesn't have to be you know i do my job you do your job it's it's a team effort that's the way you win a super bowl that's the way you win a championship and you host that lombardi trophy so aaron Rodgers, new contract for this year uh is uh what's it called of course, 2023 uh, was supposed to be the last year in his current deal, but now is going to be voided with no tads in the future. Uh, they would uh, they agreed to review the situation at the end of this season, uh, and that his contract would be adjusted, and with no loss of income to give the Packers more room. If that's the case, um, they 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 like to call it agreed to also um, put mechanic mechanism what is that word 
mechanics, I guess. I, I don't even know what that is. I was just reading his contracts. Uh, they that that will be put in place to address Rogers' issues. Oh, mechanisms. Oh my God, am I? I'm just tired today. I'm sorry. But they, there will be mechanisms put in place to address Rogers' issues with the teams. The specific mechanisms. I, I have no idea. I don't know how they're supposed to do that. Are y'all going to finally listen to him on draft night? Are y'all going to finally listen to him in the offseason? Uh, I don't know. But that's his deal as of right now. They're going to technically review it. It looks like Aaron Rodgers was fine with it because, I mean, he's been at camp. He's He reported. Um, and it's looking okay for the moment. But uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't the only big-name Packer in the news this offseason. And, I mean, his star, Devontae, his star receiver, Devontae Adams, also broke off long-term extensions in this offseason. As there were, and then there was also no plans uh, to resume them for the meantime, as uh, they were negotiating for a long time. Uh, but they are now currently uh, just in a place of, you know, kind of uh, like a middle grounds. You know, not really knowing which side to go to. Uh, they, they've been working behind the scenes to get this done. Um, and it simply did not lead to anything. And then of course, uh, the infamous story, uh, on Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Instagram, uh, Devonte Adams Instagram. Uh, it was a picture of Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen, a screenshot of them both on the court during that last dance season. So does that indicate that this, you know, will be the last dance for both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It's already looking that way for Aaron Rodgers with this new contract, with his last year being avoided, and this year, uh, you know, him not losing any income from this year, but the last year simply just being voided. Um, now Devontae Adams' long-term contract negotiation stopping, him stating, I've earned the right to be paid the highest in this league. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of interesting takes on this one. Um, I think the I, I think that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have both um, earned their right to speak their minds the way they have been, uh, to you know want to you know be paid the way they have been, but also be treated with the respect that they deserve to be treated with. You're talking about two guys that are in the top three of their position group easily, um, but I mean. Who knows? Maybe the Packers are listening. They did sign Randall Cobb, a uh, former Packers receiver, uh, receiver that has plenty of rapport with Aaron Rodgers um, and has throughout his entire career. Uh, so maybe they are leaning in that direction. Maybe this season will go great. They'll, 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 you know, do everything that Aaron Rodgers wanted, and and we would will for completely forget about how this entire offseason was filled with rumors and speculation about how Aaron Rodgers is either going to retire or he's going to get traded. So, who knows? Who truly knows what will happen? But as of right now, the Packers do have Aaron Rodgers, do have Devontae Adams, and now they have Randall Cobb. So, I feel like that's a recipe for success, at least from the jump. But we'll see. On to some more quarterback news. Carson Wentz, a guy who was looking for a fresh start, looking forward to a fresh start in Indianapolis, uh, you know, spent the first five years of his career in the in Eagles uniform, dealt with plenty of injuries, especially in the crunch time uh, when, when it really started to matter, had to watch his team host a Lombardi without him behind the helm. Him finally looking forward to a fresh start in Indianapolis with his former head coach, a guy who, you know, arguably, uh, you know, put up 
uh, you know, not put up, helped him put up the numbers for his MVP season when he was with the Eagles as well, uh, Frank Wright, and a guy who also got a contract extension to 2026, uh, Carson Wentz, looking for a fresh start in Indianapolis. Unfortunately, now out indefinitely with a foot injury. That was unfortunate news to get. Of course, you know, it's the same Carson Wentz. It's the same old injury-prone quarterback. Uh, and then the news broke out that he would have to undergo surgery and be expected to miss 5 to 12 weeks. Uh, but now, now uh, what's it called? Uh, Colts reporters uh, are now saying that Carson Wentz and Quinton Nelson, their uh, Pro Bowl guard, are now trending toward recovering in time for next month's regular season opener after they both underwent foot operations uh, this last week. Uh, so that's good news, of course, uh, for Colts fans, but also for Carson Wentz, man, a guy, uh, like I said, who's struggled with injuries, but when when given the opportunity, has proven that he can be a top-caliber quarterback in this league, finally getting a fresh start, especially, um, you know, Looking forward to getting this fresh start with Frank Wright, you know, a guy that he knows the system, he's built a rapport with, uh, of course gets along with, uh, but then of, of course something has to happen, a setback, but that's sports, that's life, but at least they're trending towards playing for the regular season opener. Like I said, this was first announced to be a 5-12 to 12 week healing process, and now he uh, is... Currently, um, you know, at training camp uh, after the surgery um, without a walking boot, and he's not limping. So I guess, you know, the, they ha the Colts have had better indications about, you know, this uh, timetable for the return. Um, as this, I mean, it's all you can hope for in a guy like Carson Wentz, a guy, uh, you know, who is, is trying to prove himself still and, and trying to prove that he can uh, be a consistent guy in this league because he's shown plenty of flashes of it. But, you know, got to just hope and pray that Carson Wentz will be okay. I mean, a replacer for Carson Wentz, though, could possibly be Philip Rivers. I mean, this was the most random fucking news of the offseason. Philip Rivers saying that he's staying ready, but and he's not closed the door on a possible NFL return quite yet. Of course, this comes months after he announced his retirement from the NFL and he finally got his, uh, he had finally gotten his uh, first year uh, underway at St. Michael Catholic High School in Alabama. Uh, he had that job for multiple years, I want to say three or four years leading up to his retirement, he had that job locked in place for when he did retire, so this was supposed to be his first year um, as the head coach there, and their first uh, regular season game is scheduled for October 29th, which is two days uh, before week eight of the NFL, so if that contradicts something, it'll be interesting, but a guy like Phillip Rivers, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts or just other teams in, uh, you know, week 10 plus who, 
you know, unfortunately, they get their quarterback down, and, and they got to bring a veteran in, a veteran who can learn quickly and is, uh, you know, just somebody that wants to win and has the abilities to win. This is Philip Rivers. That's exactly Philip Rivers right now. This has happened plenty of times in the in the future. I mean, the future in the past, where a veteran has come in late in the season because their starting quarterback did go down, and they need somebody new in there. Uh, and that's exactly what uh, Philip Rivers was talking about. He wasn't. When I first saw this story, I thought he meant now. I thought he meant he was ready to return now. Uh, but it sounded like he meant more of um, he was staying ready just in case a situation presents itself late in the season, like I had just mentioned, saying that he's not quite there at the moment, but he's getting back to there, uh, that he wouldn't have made weight if he had to report last week like everybody else did for these trading camps. Um, but he's getting back into lifting and running and occasionally throwing the ball around. So he's just stating that he is going to stay ready and that he's not predicting anything will happen uh, in terms of getting a shot or getting an opportunity to play in December, January, whatever it may be. But if somebody uh, needs somebody, um, Philip Rivers might be the guy. And that's, I think he was just kind of shooting a shot, putting it out there for everybody. Uh, so everybody does know that. So is that a possible move for the Colts if Carson Wentz can't come back to form? A guy who literally learned the system last year and was able to, uh, you know, still put up good numbers, lead the Colts to the playoffs, uh, unfortunately lose the first round to a Josh Allen, to one of the, the better younger quarterbacks. But uh, you know, is that an option for even another team in a playoff situation that, that has to deal with an injury? Who knows? But Phillip Rivers has not closed the door on a possible NFL return. That was probably the craziest news of the offseason. But, uh, I mean, who knows? Especially with how many uh, injuries uh, there might be with this new 17-week season. I know a lot of people have been talking about that, even though it's an additional week. Uh, one last preseason game to kind of get your feet under you, but we'll see, man. We, we will see. Uh, you know, you always got to hope for the best with, with somebody like Phil Rivers, and for him, to, for him to have said that, especially after he started his high school uh, football job and how he had always said that that was, the, you know, the thing that he was most looking forward to doing is, is coaching high school football because his dad did and, and how he always had looked up to his dad and that's how, where he loved to play football and he wanted to give that right back to the community. I felt it was interesting when he did come out and just say that and really just, like I said, shoot a shot, man. So Philip Rivers staying ready, another guy uh, who um, is also been ready and is – you know, looking kind of for some revenge after, uh, I mean, not even close to a bad season, a astonishing season uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen, a guy who's staying ready, and he is now um, getting paid as uh, he agreed to a $258 million contract, $150 million guaranteed with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so he doesn't have to worry about that quite you know that side of it anymore the financial side and he can now focus on staying ready uh when it comes to you know just doing his job every day for the next six years as last year this man did become the first player with at least 
4,500 yards, 35 t passing touchdowns, and five rushing touchdowns in a single history, in a single season in NFL history. And now the Buffalo Bills are returning the returning the favor with a huge contract. Like I said, 150 million dollars guaranteed. That's the single most in an NFL contract, beating Patrick Mahomes 145.5 million and Dak Prescott's 126 million. Um, he is, he's also now a part of the uh, 40 million a year quarterback club in Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes uh, and then Deshaun Watson at 39 and Russell Wilson at 35 but he's now the second paid highest paid quarterback at 43 million right behind Patrick Mahomes at 45 um, man oh man Josh Allen definitely a guy who deserves it definitely a guy who uh, has earned it like I said with those stats and the way he's been able to lead uh, this team uh, you know, through the through some really shitty times, uh, you know, in the past decade or so, but to put all of that behind him, learn very quickly and have an immediate impact the way he has been now going into his fourth season, I believe. Uh, it, it's pretty. It, it's just good to see. It's it's good to see for the league. You know, it, we're seeing a lot of these young quarterbacks: Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert, Trey Lance might be this Nets guy who's there. You know this Nets generation of quarterbacks that'll that'll continue um, to to be providing us with great games, great ball play. I mean, I'm excited for for Josh Allen. This man deserves to get paid. Uh, and some other guys that got paid this offseason. Fred Warner became the highest paid linebacker in NFL history. Five years, ninety five million dollars, forty point five million guaranteed. Uh, that's a $19 million um, annual value, which was uh, which passed the former um, annual hi highest annual, which was $18 million, which was held by Bobby Wagner on the Seahawks. Uh, that's the it's also the second most guaranteed money, as uh, the New York Jets C.J. Mosley had $51 million in guaranteed money, but still the highest paid uh, linebacker in the league belongs to the San Francisco 49ers uh, a guy Fred Warner who's continued I mean last season 125 tackles seven sats forced fumble two fumble recoveries two interceptions uh, first Pro Bowl and all pro nods last year um, just just a fucking monster on the defensive side of the ball a guy that uh, you know continues to get after it day in and day out a guy that the Niners are very happy to have back alongside uh, Nick Bosa. Uh, that watch out for that Niners defense, man. That that's going to be very scary. Um, but another linebacker uh, who actually got paid after Fred Warner to become uh, the highest paid linebacker uh, on top of Fred Warner, uh, Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts, five years, ninety nine point two five million dollars. He's now. Uh, he's the first linebacker to ever get that 20 million uh, per year uh, threshold. So that's you know breaking boundaries. And for a guy like Darius Leonard, definitely deserves it, man. Definitely another guy who has proven his worth in these first three seasons in the league, uh, just like Fred Warner. And when that payday was about to come. Uh, he deserved it more than uh, a lot of other guys in the league. So shout out to Fred Warner, shout out to Darius Leonard, both breaking the linebacker records and uh, both getting a huge bag going into this season alongside Josh Allen. 
some other interesting um, moves uh, when it comes to free agency in regards to the Chargers. Uh, Melvin Ingram actually signed a one-year deal. He's now uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we will no longer have Melvin Ingram. Uh, that's probably... I mean, looking at some of uh, you know these other free agents, that's that was definitely uh, one of the tougher ones to to swallow. But uh, especially after last year and how he was holding out and um, how the contract wasn't really figured out, and he ended up just signing like a one year deal, uh, you know, getting that getting that tag. It, it's it's unfortunate, especially with Joey Bosa signing his extension and uh, looking at. You know, now having Brandon Staley as the head coach, a defensive-minded head coach, a guy <coughs> who's proven his worth uh, in multiple different on multiple different teams, and now coming to the Chargers and leading them as a group, it's such that you know this is the year that Melvin Ingram uh, had to go. But I mean, this defense, man, Joey Bosa, we got DJ back. Kenneth Murray is about to be playing unstoppable this year. Uh, Drew Tranquil's back. Uh, Jerry Tillery, uh, definitely one of the most improved Chargers last year. Uh, and I'm very excited to see what he can bring to the table this year. We got Nasir Adderley, who was able to fill in for uh, DJ last year and get a lot of reps that he probably wouldn't have got if DJ didn't go down. Uh, him in a more experienced, uh, you know, in a more experienced form this year. Uh, and then, of course... You know, we got Asante Samuel uh, locking up Keenan Allen at practice, um, and then and then the big the big man uh, on campus, Rashawn Slater. Uh, you know, Rashawn Slater uh, going to put a lot of people on their ass this year. Um, I love seeing these highlights from camp. I love seeing him going up against Joey Bosa and and really uh, proving why we we uh, you know use that number thirteen overall pick on him. Uh, guy who's going to be protecting Justin Herbert's, uh, you know, blind side and 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 just kind of being that go-to that go-to guy for the offensive line w when it comes to setting the tone um, on the on the left side. Really, you know, that's where it all starts. That's the most important part of it. And um, you know, when you got guys like Keenan Allen completely uh, making defenders look like you know children out there and getting LeBron James to shout you out on Instagram, uh, it's nice. To now have, uh, you know, this uh, offensive line looking scary as hell. Corey Lindsley at center position looking good. And, um, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Justin Herbert, a guy who has been getting high praise from multiple guys around the league throughout the offseason, like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, uh, you know, Peyton Manning even said some things uh, during that Hall of Fame game. Um, I, I'm just excited, man. I'm excited for this season. Justin Herbert's looking good uh, in every clip I've been seeing. And uh, just the swag, the demeanor. I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from a content point of view. I'm going to go to the game on the 22nd, the first game of the year. A first game that Charger fans are ever going to be able to see live at SoFi. I know it's preseason, but... It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and, I mean, I know that everybody – I know that this season is more hyped uh, than it has been due to pure ticket sales and season ticket sales as the Chargers have now sold more new season tickets than anyone in the NFL this offseason and are 90% sold out for the season. So I know that this hype is very much there for the team. I know that 
the joke is we might not have any fans, but last year uh, we definitely uh, proved a lot of people wrong. We definitely turned a lot of heads, especially with the play from Justin Herbert. Um, and, uh, you know, doing it with a lot of our key guys out, you know, we're getting Joey Bosa back and healthy. We're getting, uh, like I said, DJ, Drew Tranquil, like – it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a scary year for a lot of teams. Um, but, it, I mean, there's just not much else to say in regards to, in regards to that. It's, it's just about, it's about go time. It's, it's, it's about time, man. It's, it's here. Football season's here. I was very excited to be able to talk about it today. Um, and trust me, this, this is just the beginning. Football season's back. I'm very excited to be talking football again. It's, it's been a long time. I love me some baseball. I love me some basketball. But football, man, football is that sanctuary. Football uh, just, just brings everybody together and uh, brings out the worst in people, but it also brings out the very best in, in these fan bases. And I'm very excited to, to cover the Chargers, cover the league. Um, and I'm just excited to get this rolling, man. But without further ado, this has been uh, the Geno Spirito Podcast. I hope you guys all enjoyed, and I will catch you guys very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in.